What's up, guys? It's the Big Isms. A social justice podcast or something like that. All right, today on the Big Isms, we're going to be covering racism, but the evolution of it in particular. All right, all right. And today we have... <laughs> Brianna. And we have Darnell, you know. So, yeah. So where do you want to start? Um, I think we can go ahead and jump right into it. Like, Pussy V. Ferguson. I mean, it started this whole thing of separate but equal. But were we really equal? Nah. Well, so um, Plessy V. Ferguson starts... Um, well, what happened in about the early 1890s, I'll just say there. And so basically, uh, Homer Plessy was a was a mixed race person, and he was one-eighth black and mostly white. And so with that being said, he could white pass. He could pass for white a lot in a lot of situations. So he was a part of the Citizens Committee. And the Citizens Committee wanted to lead an experiment. And this experiment was that Homer would buy a first-class uh, train ticket, and he would sit in the white section, but what he would do is that he would tell the conductor that he was one eight black, which led to uh that's obviously against the law, so that led to Homer being jailed. Um and so he had the he uh went to trial and this trial went to all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean to the Supreme case, not courts. Yeah, it went to the Supreme case, and then that really inspired this doctrine of separate but equal because plus he wouldn't stay in the uh, black car because horrible car it's a crappy car they don't really respect black people so why would you make them a good car and if we're supposed to be equal why do we why is our car this crappy old car and our white peers are living living large living lavish yeah i mean but i mean i could kind of answer that because it's like white people like have the power and why is that why is that i mean because they, they stole it. they stole everything they stole the land so people. But I thought we were supposed to be equal. But we're not equal. It's okay. I'm not crying. You are. It's okay. Um, but I feel like one of the things that really kind of was a downfall for us as a, a race <clears throat> was the simple fact that we were oppressed, but we also had internalized oppression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also judged our own people for mm-hmm. the light and darkness of our skin. Yeah. In order to get into certain places, they had things and set like brown, brown paper bag text where if you were darker than a brown paper bag, you were not allowed into that place. You were not allowed to socialize with your lighter colored fellow men. And a lot of times that even was um, seen out of as a place of love because a lot of like parents back in that time, they thought, hey, if you were lighter, you would have an easier time in life because obviously the white person is the norm. You want white people. Right. So that that's just that thought process. But like, that's horrible. It's just a horrible way to think of things, but it just came out of a place of love because you got to think about the society they grew up in, where they were coming from. They only wanted their child to be looking, be looking, be looked as closer to what was accepted and what would get yeah. them into the better schools and what would get them into a more fair chance at life. And mm-hmm. really, you shouldn't have to belittle yourself and lower your racial background because you want to be accepted by the people that had quote-unquote power back in that time. I mean, mean, not quote-unquote, it was was the truth. They have the power.
And speaking back on to that whole thing of like uh, parents wanting their kids to be accepted and be just like their, you know, white peers also gets on the fact of education and how even education wasn't fair. The black kids were given the raggedy old school books mm. that the white kids didn't use anymore, or they were put in hot classrooms and schools that didn't have air conditioning because they were seen of a, a lesser standard than their white peers were. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's really true. So that really uh, points out the Brown versus the Board of Education, which was really a, um, well, Linda Brown, she was a student and she went to um, a school in Kansas, but she, she lived in like a neighborhood that was like, that had a white school, but she had to walk like miles and miles through like train yards just to get to school. Like just to get to school, just so she could go to the black school because she couldn't go to the white school, it was obviously against the law. And like that's that's asking. She's literally like a nine year old girl who has to walk all this time right, just to right. get to school, just to get an education. Okay. When in all actuality, she should she could just walk down the street, get to school, really. But no, nah, it's just it's goof. And this also brings up like other kids that had to face hardships just to go to school. And um, each child has the right to an education. Each child has the right to the same education. I mean, if your parents choose to put you in a more private school, then, you know, that's of their choice. But each child has the option to go to school and each child is eligible to go to school and have the same education as the kid next door. Um, and that kind of brings up the kids of like Little Rock Nine who literally walked through a crowd of their white peers and had things thrown at them, things shouted at them. Yeah, um, you treated just any kind of way because they wanted to go to school with the other kids. They wanted to have nice books. They wanted to have nice classrooms. They wanted to drink out of water fountains that didn't have bad water in them or like classrooms where they could actually be challenged and take tests that were actually meant to be passed instead of these tests that they were taking at their own black school that were set up for failure. And uh, that also brings up like Ruby Bridges. She also did kind of the same thing she broke the barrier of black and white kids going to school together. And this kind of started the whole civil rights movement and people seeing and fighting for their actual rights. Um, I remember a time where, well, I don't personally remember, but I remember learning about a time where black people had to take literacy tests just to vote. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. people know what they want their government to be like or want their, how they want to be, how, what kind of world they want to live in and I feel like you shouldn't have to yeah. know what two plus two is to know that you want Cause, to cause, live in this type of world because you're not asking Billy down the street does he know what it is because Billy could just register to vote and he voted but nah I have to take a literacy test I probably have to pay a fee as well just so I can vote just so I can exercise my isn't that a constitutional right to vote, yeah, I shouldn't have to do that just to vote. Exactly, and your white peers are just walking up there and voting, and a lot of people were denied the right to vote because of some odd reason. I remember watching a uh, Selma. Yeah, when when Oprah got yeah, denied, and I was Oprah like, denied. She was denied. I think when I want to say more than one time, and she kept asking like, "Well, what is it that I need to do to get my right to vote?" And he kept saying, "Come back later." Like he kept showing her away and finding anything and everything to keep this black woman from voting. And Martin Luther King decided it's not fair. Well, yeah, yeah. This is what we this is what we not going to do. The NAACP is a very like instrumental part exactly. in the movement. 
And I think that um, even now today that we are not united as one, not just as a uh, society, but as black people in general, our white peers use that against us that we were not a united group of people that had a common goal and had a common interest of wanting to have civil liberties. Yeah. And they use it against us. Yes, because they knew if they could um, take us apart, they knew that we wouldn't be able to do anything. It's, it's easier to fight people who are who can't get themselves together, who are fighting each other. So they would... They knew what they were doing. They, they knew they, they wanted to split us up so that they could tear us down as yeah. a whole. Mm, mm, mm. They wanted us to be... They wanted us to be separate. Yeah. Not equal, but separate. And I think that just kind of stems down to the kind of things that we go through now. And yeah, like even touching back the colorism, they had us like hating ourselves. Right. So if we hating ourselves, how can we even uplift ourselves? Because we right. don't even like ourselves to start with. Right. So. And we had, um, I watched a documentary about young people who would try to chemically change themselves mm-hmm. and, and fit in a part of things that they really didn't know the background as to why they were even doing this, why their people had to even wish to be light-skinned or why it was even accustomed to be light-skinned in a time like that because they aren't told the facts. They're presented with these things in school like, yes, there was slavery. Yes, Black people had hard times. And yes, this happened. And yes, this happened. But it's really like, do you know why Rosa Parks was put in jail? Do you know why she sat on that bus and told them that she was not going to give her seat up to a white man because she was tired. She had just got off work. She Her feet hurt, too. And yet you want this lady to get up to a man who should have been, like, seeing that she was tired and let her have the seat and move mm. on. But, no, they pressed the issue. And and this is why today we have things like Black Lives Matter and such and such. Yeah, so we ended our last topic on the topic of modern uh, um, modern activism in terms of uh, Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter. I'm 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 just I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm I'm gonna say I think I think it started with the Michael Brown type of thing, right? Where, where it's and just before he continues, Michael Brown was a young black man who was shot by a cop, and it turned into a big movement of uh, police brutality and things that we felt as a society that were not fair under people who kind of had authority over us and how we felt like belittled by this. Yeah, because even with the brutality, the police brutality, it it, it was always happening. But not even with Michael, well, with Michael Brown, people like going on social media protesting it. But some cases that were even recorded, like who was that, Eric Gardner? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other Fernando, yeah, Fernando Castillo, is that his name? Yeah. Read this he knows he knew, but, but um, yeah, it kind of like yeah, it kind of like um, it kind of like it sheds a light on things that were already happening. It's like it just brings them to light because I, yeah, for a lot of people, Michael Brown was in their backyard. That was yeah. like in the heart of. St. Louis, yeah, so it's really kind of like 
that was like your best friends, neighbors, mm-hmm. next door, cousins, dogs, friends, brother. Yeah. That was shot. Um, I mean, no one could really know other than the people that were actually there that day of what really happened. So we're not going to go into detail about the ballistics, but we're just going to say that it started a whole thing of where mm-hmm. we now see that we are not united as people and we're trying to come together and start a new movement that kind of streamed off the civil rights matter or the civil rights movement. Um, but for a better cause that we do matter and that we, we have seen that we're not together. And now we want to come together for the betterment of our young black men or our young black women or just black people as a whole. Yeah. Your life matters, Brianna. But um, I'm not crying. You are. But um, there was a quote that uh, there was something that Will Smith said. And, you know, he's a comedian. He's a rapper. You know, people don't take him serious. But I mean, he has to be somewhat intelligent. Like he's pretty intelligent, as you can see. But um, he hits us with this. He hits us with the gem that says that he says racism has been happening for a long time. Racism is just being recorded now. Yes. Like and I was like, boom. That's what it is. He lived it like right on, and I was like, "Dang, like that makes total sense." Because racism was already happening. Now that we have smartphones, we can record it. And the thing about Black Lives Matter, you can't take Black Lives Matter down because it's a hashtag. It's a movement. It may have been started by like four people, but they're not running it. It's not like the NAACP. It's not like you just can't take that down or like try to weaken it. You just can't. You just can't have the FBI or the CIA try to go down and like hunt down on the Black Panthers. Like you can't that you can't do that because I feel now it's it's more like of a one person's not just like uh in the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. not just one person or two people are being recognized. It's a whole group of people that have now come together and mm-hmm. see that things are are not being people are not being treated fairly and things are not going as they should and we have to come together as a black race to change it it's up to us to change it and i feel like now the kids growing up today that were born in like the 2000s and 2001s have to see that this is the world we live in this is the world that our kids are going to grow up in and do we really want our kids to see the different things and experience the different things that we saw or do we want to send our kids to school knowing that they're not going to have to i'm not going to say that racism is not going to just up and go away. Yeah, because we don't want to give them a like a romanticized yeah, view false world. hope, but yeah, just to not have to really worry about our kids going into school and coming home and saying that they were pushed or mm-hmm. talked about because mm-hmm. of the color of their skin or even how light or dark their skin was. Mm-hmm. I feel like I grew up in a in a time where racism wasn't presented right in front of me until it was presented right in front of me. Mm. I didn't grow mm. up racist. I didn't grow up seeing color. I didn't understand color until someone told me what color was. I didn't just just see yeah, it. Yeah, because no know. one is born like that. The reason these ideas have been... Because no one's born like that. You just see people as people until you're taught all of these things by like your parents, like, by people. Like You see things in society yeah, and you just want to... But like a lot of times, you probably don't even believe that, but you just want to fit in. Yeah. Like You, you don't want to go against the grain a lot of times, but I feel like you got to go against the grain sometimes. You have to do like what's out of the norm. And it's okay to be out of the norm. I mean, but... At the same time, we have to realize that things are not just black and white anymore. Things are... It never has been black and white. 
feel like the world, I feel like a lot of times people try to make the world a black and white thing, but yeah. the world is just great. It's great. It's a great area. It's great. It's full of different lives, different cultures, different societies, different upbringings, different traditions, different foods, different, it's just different. Yeah. And who want to live in a world that's white or black or yellow and red? You know, like, we can like live in a world that's. Yeah, like, like, don't you want to like share? Don't you want to share your like, your like, I don't know, being stereotypical, but don't you want to share like your fried chicken recipe with oh, like Susie down the street? Yeah, right? Like, who doesn't love chicken? Or like, mm-hmm. or like your friend like Thomas. He may be like Asian, but he wants to share his like noodles recipe. That sounds bad, but like he wants to share his noodles recipe. Hey. But like a lot of people don't want to do that, and it's like I feel like race has such a negative stigma, and the stigma shouldn't be there, but it's there, and. And it's only making the world negative. It's only making yeah. people so focused on, like, and I mean, of course, we're going to have our certain, like, cliques where, like, you know, all black people. Yeah, because yeah, you want to stay comfortable. Yeah. yeah, you got to, but you got to live outside your comfort zone. The world yeah. is made to be tested. The world is made to be different. The world is made to be have you. To, you have to be, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's like pushing you, like, out of you. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. This is really corny, but like once a month, make a friend of a different culture. There you go. Like, yeah. It starts with the small corny things. Yeah, the small corny things, which may now not have a big enough impact, but like tell your friends to do the same because if you're just doing it, it's not going to have any impact on anyone. But like you do it. Tell your friend to do it. Tell your sister to do it. Tell your brother to do it. Tell Miss Goby to do it. You know, like. You just have to start off something small and keep the ball rolling, and that ball is going to be as big as the world by. Who knows? It could be as big as the world in I mean, two years, tomorrow. Two, two years, tomorrow. I mean, it may not even be that soon. It may take hundreds and hundreds of years. It but, may. like, keep passing this down. Keep passing this down. Don't don't be silent. Don't be silent. Don't lose this thought. Don't lose this idea. Don't lose this hope for change in the world, honestly. And change is good. Don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid yes. to live outside of your box. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is good. It's how you grow as a person mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be uncomfortable. Yeah, like the first time when you were learning to ride a bike, you were very uncomfortable. You're scared you're gonna fall. I mean, you might have, but like, you, it wasn't the end of everything. It wasn't the end of the world. Get back up and keep pedaling. When you, yeah, like yeah. we fall down, we get, get up. up. Like exactly, like <laughs> like you're gonna fall, but as long as you get up, you're just not gonna stay there. Like ah, ooh, like you, you're gonna get up. So yeah. And that's it for the big isms on this episode of the evolution of racism. Thanks for listening. I am Brianna and this is Darnell. Signing off. Thanks for listening, cats. Hope you enjoyed. Catch us in the next pod.